I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a show about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And this is a good week to be drinking because it's not a great week to be living here for me. <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. It's been a couple weeks off. We are sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, a little sorry. I think that we should do a better job in telling people when we're not going to have shows. And usually we're good. But last week it was just me forgetting. And yeah. I had and my I, phone off and Todd is like, what's going on? And I didn't even check my phone until like six o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, when I don't hear from you, my first thought is I did. I for, You said something and I forgot. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then my second thought is, no, Tony forgot and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was, it was, that's, I think that's the first time that I have flat dead. Like there have been times where it's been like, we usually record either at two or three. So maybe like a half hour before the show, I'll be like, shit, I'm not going to be able to make it or have something and I'm not going to be able to finish it. And I've had to cancel at the last minute, but it's, it's been a rarity that I'm, that Todd just reaches out to me. And like a day later, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do we have a, do we have a podcast that we've been doing on Wednesdays for the last 20 years? I, I can't, I slipped my mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely crazy, but tons of stuff to talk about. Uh, before we get into the things we want to talk about, we want to talk about a sponsor, our sponsor. Um, our sponsor is a local business that we like to do business with. And in this case, it is Good Clean Fun Life Productions. Yes, Good Clean Fun Life Productions. All of your website, digital marketing needs, still trying to figure out. Not We're not trying to figure out. We're still actively participating in the social experiment that is social media Um, constantly trying to make the best of whatever they're deciding to throw at us at, at the current, at the current time. Um, So, yeah. And, uh, and, and also making sure that we're covering those cornerstone types of content uh, such as podcasts and long format videos for YouTube and that you can embed on your website and testimonial type stuff. Um, and uh, I, have, I have quite a lot of footage from the summer. And as the summer is winding down, we'll soon be putting together sort of a compilation of the things that we, uh, of the summer that was. And it's always a great time to kind of, you know, you're so in the moment looking at, uh, you know, uh, w- what's happening that week. And uh, it's always fun to look back and be like, oh man, we've, <laughs> been been a hundred places seen a hundred faces type you know and just because i really might not know you mentioned that like there was a new social media platform that i hadn't heard of yet yes yes uh be real uh is one of the newer uh platforms and this is made by I don't know who, which is kind of refreshing. But the whole idea is that you get a notification, you sign up for the network. It's only friends uh, that you invite to follow or that you choose to follow. And it is uh, sort of the opposite 
of what Instagram has become, but in some sense, also what Instagram was from uh, as, as the original Instagram, you know, Instagram was, you would post a picture of your, uh, your lunch, your day, somewhat your sort of ordinary life and, uh, and share it with just the people in your network. So be real, uh, B E, uh, R E A L is uh, a network that is sort of capitalizing on the anti-sentiment to become TikTok famous. Um, and Yeah, when is it, that going to stop? I really thought that would be over by now. As quickly I, as these things rise and fall, it, I, I really felt, felt like people would, like, you can't, no one could watch TikTok for more than like a minute without having an aneurysm. A lot of people watch TikTok for a very long time. <laughs> Well, and we were just actually listening to kind of a breakdown of what's happening with Instagram. And, and you know, there was a lot of pushback when they started to become more TikTok-like, more focusing on video content, uh, which video content is good in one sense if it's well-produced and well-thought-out and that sort of thing. But when it's just kind of like imitating what everybody else is doing um, and kind and of That is, that is so much of what social media is to me. And it's one of the it's one of the things that makes it very difficult for me to to participate. I'm like, okay, you know, again, the meme culture thing, like the first time, yeah, maybe it was funny. Yes. But after that, you're just, and what's frustrating to, I mean, I'm sure it's frustrating to you, but what's frustrating to me as a guy who tries to make new things is when you try to make new things, they're like, well, I know that's new, but mm -hmm. do you have anything that's like what everybody else is doing? Because that's what's very popular right now. And yeah. my answer is no, I'd rather be poor. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be poor than have to figure out, you know, it was always a problem with me working at OceanCity.com. You know, they were always yeah. like, oh, look, this is popular on Facebook. We should do it. And I'm like, that's not why you hired me. You should have right. hired someone dumber and cheaper. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't want to do that. And that and that's what we are in the struggle of doing. And when you're when you're doing something for a business, like I would imagine a small business who doesn't have somebody like us who's dedicated and thinking about it and looking at it from a holistic perspective, like, is this going to be around in a year? It, you know, like, is this right. going to serve your business and your your clients that you have right now? Or are you just doing it because every quote unquote, everybody else is doing it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we 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 take it. You know, take a serious look at it. We experiment, we dabble, we go back to what has worked before, and uh, and we're kind of all consumed in, uh, you know, finding the best practices for our clients. Yeah, and but also not to not to not to not to be too obsequious about it, but when you guys do, you guys have your own voice. So even when mm -hmm. you're like, okay, everyone's doing, I don't remember if you did the water challenge, but let's pretend you did the water challenge a hundred years sure. ago, sure. right? What are we going to do to do the water challenge thing? You're like, okay, how can we do it and still make it us? Like yes. you guys have a voice and you're, and even when you're doing something that's kind of in the zeitgeist, you're doing it in your own voice, mm -hmm. which is, which is rare. And I think it's cool that your clients kind of let you get away with it to kind of play that middle ground. where like, yes. We know that we have to participate in this thing because we are zeitgeist type people, but we don't have to be lame about it. Right. And I right. think people skip that don't have to be lame about it part too often. Right. And and then there's you, on the other hand, that if, if we did it in your voice, it would just be a lot of you. It would just be mean. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a, that actually is a very good point. And um, 
you know, I, I, I stand behind the, the work that we do and kind of the approach that we, we bring as being very tailored to our clients. I mean, we're a small outfit. We can only take on so much and, uh, and we're not looking to, uh, you know, to get too big for our britches either. So, I mean, that's, that's where you are. Uh, if, if you do work with us and we're always happy to talk to people about what's best for them and best for their business or new business or, you know, whatever they're, they're looking to, to do, uh, in the, in the digital realm. Now I didn't want to get baited into a who's on first situation. So I left this question for later. Did you earlier say that you didn't know the name of the company that made Be Real or is Be Real made by a company called I Don't Know? <laughs> it is. I don't know who created it. Right. I guess the, the point of that is it wasn't another spinoff of uh, Twitter didn't make it Twitter right. or Facebook or yeah, or something like that. So. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, our, our one cool thing. Each week we talk about one cool thing that happened to us because we work here or because we live here. And for me, it's because I work here because I found something weird and cool and strange on the Internet, believe it or not. Wow. And I don't know if everybody knows about this or not. So I might think I'm telling you guys something new that's yeah. been around for a thousand years, but I think it's new ish. Uh, so. My new job, I'm the um, I'm the editor for a funeral director magazine. So I write for funeral directors about the funeral business. I cover everything having to do with death, dying and, and you know, and, and what the happens. Business side. Right. And what happens to you after you die? And I don't mean going to heaven. I mean, do you go in the ground? Do you get put on fire? Do you get you know turned into? I saw this. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but this week I'm working on a story about embalming, changing embalming methods and things like that. And I put in quotes embalming into Google and then I clicked on news to see what embalming news there was. Mm -hmm. And there is a game called Mortuary Assistant where you have to embalm the body while being attacked by monsters. And sometimes the body comes to life and attacks you as well. <laughs> it seems like the priorities were, would shift if you were in that situation. And right? well, there was it's it's really strange, and it's also the the funeral. It's called the funeral service. I think it's called funeral service. I don't think you put the the there, but I don't remember all the time. Um, in in the funeral service, there is this kind of weird divide between the very old guard, mm-hmm. who are who are people, you know. Like a guy called me to ask me if I still had a directory of funeral directors. And I'm like, no, I use Google.com when I need to find a business's name and its address. Yeah, I don't have they used to sell a 700 page book and people used to buy. The last time Mm. we put out this 700 page book was in 2010. People were still spending hundreds of dollars. Yeah, that's essentially a, a phone book of funeral directors a decade ago. Because that's then that's just to give you the sense about kind of like the transitional aspect of it. You have a lot of old, old, not old, yeah, old, old guys, guys in their late seventies and early eighties who are still running mm-hmm. the show, right. you know. And they're like, I don't, I don't want to go to Google. Can I just have the book so I can look it up in right. the book? Right. And so, and then you have like the up and coming funeral directors. Um, TikTok is actually very popular among some of the younger funeral directors. 
I, uh, my wife is in charge of that. She helps me. She's my research assistant. Cause I can't, I tried, I can't. Yeah. Um, and so she sent me this, this interesting TikTok video and a funeral director was showing like how to close a casket, because if you just like drop it, it makes a sealant sound like a, like, like Tupperware. It makes yeah. a Tupperware sound if you don't close it the right way. And you don't want a Tupperware sound while the family's standing there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so things like that, and they're doing something to normalize, to try to normalize death and, and, uh, and the dying and the post, you know, the, the, it's called disposition. What happens to your body after you die? Um, and there's this weird balance, like, like funeral directors with tattoos. Uh, our magazine, our main magazine is, I think, called American, not, not I think, our, our main magazine is called American Funeral Director. And a couple months ago, they ran a cover story on a young funeral director and mm-hmm. had sleeves, tattoo sleeves, and some yeah. of them were visible. And we got hate mail. Wow. For, for you know condoning tattoos on well i guess a condoning female funeral directors and b condoning Ooh. tattoos upon them so it's a double that's a double doozy so i sent this video to three embalmers that i interviewed for my story and i'm like have you seen this what do you think and one guy called me and he wasn't happy yeah. <laughs> let me put it that way you know, uh, and another and another and a younger woman called me and she said, all right, I don't like I don't like the I don't like perpetuating the this is gross kind of attitude. You know, this is kind of a beautiful embalming is kind of a beautiful process and it's very personal and it's a transformation. Yeah, and she's like, but the art in that was really, really cool. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and so that's the that's kind of like the weird balance that we're striking. Uh, but have you heard this? Did you know that there was a video game called Mortuary Assistant where you? No, no. And you have no. to go. You have to select because I don't know if you know this or not. I didn't. There are different like gauges of formaldehyde of embalming fluid depending upon like are you dehydrated? Were you left to decompose for a little while? Like right. And like they they have like different gauges to to get you to the right amount of freshness i guess is the best way yeah. to put it yeah and um, the art and the science of yeah it, right? it really and it's it is super cool and super fascinating but in the game you have to choose the formaldehyde you have to mm-hmm. take out all the blood you have to push the formaldehyde through the body and do all the preparations and meanwhile demons are attacking that's so that that is uh fascinating like who who comes up with the idea i mean i understand the old th- the like art you you know, let's make a video game and you're in a mortuary and you have to fight off something. But like to have something, spo- so the the goal be so specific that you're actually doing the embalming work. Is, well, uh, with, with any luck, I'll be talking to the de- developer late this week or early next week. And I'll even, I, I, I assure you, I will I will follow up because I want to do I mean, I was excited about the story on it. And then once I talked to all the embalmers and they were not. They were not happy. <laughs> Man. Man, so that is funny. I'm gonna have to find a way, but I already committed to this interview and I and I'm interested in it. So I feel like I wanna put it out there and like get like I wanna tell them. I'm like, I talked to some embalmers and they thought it was kind of you know disrespectful. And I'm sure I wouldn't be the first person to say that, you know, 
Yeah. And he and one 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 of the people were like, how would you feel if everybody said that, you know, all reporters are liars? And I'm like, they, they, they say they that do, all the time. They do say that. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I'm a grown up and I ignore them because, you yeah. know. So, yeah, because um, you tell the truth. Yeah, it, 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 it's uh, so anyway, so that was that was my uh, that was my my uh, my one cool thing that mm-hmm. that I definitely wanted to talk about before we run out of time. And I know that you have some stuff you want to talk about. So I want to get to you. And if we can get to the rest of my stuff, that's fine. But if we don't, that's fine as well, because you've been on a concert going binge. Well, it's, uh, you know, mentioned oh, it on the show probably me. week. The drinks we're sponsored by is coffee today. It's this morning's coffee. I just got thirsty. We forgot to mention it. Sorry. Hey, sponsors. And, and this is appropriate that uh, my mm. drink of the day is liquid death. Yeah, you are. It's the liquid death, sparkling water, which is a genius idea. Let's take water that's so ubiquitous in, in uh, you know, single use plastic, but instead let's put it in cans. And so it, it's more easily recyclable. I think that's kind of the whole point, but. Uh, and then it's got a cool skull on it. Like I'm sure that the the, you know, the old yeah. guard embalmers probably don't might not care for that. But <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of liquid death and uh, culture and some of the things that we do, yes, uh, we have been working at Freeman Stage as we have the last couple summers and have the opportunity to see some great acts. Uh, this past week, uh, we actually had. Some of the some of the best music of summer that uh, that I've been able to enjoy, both at the Freeman Stage and then also at the Starbird, our our number one uh, bar and restaurant client up in in Dewey Beach, of course. But uh, it started off with somebody you know. Uh, Friday the the nineteenth of uh, August, Elvis Costello came to the Freeman Stage, and really uh, they they've had a bunch of older acts. They've had Jackson Brown, and they've had. Um, uh, Boz Gags and, and, and some people who have, in my opinion, maybe been, been hit or miss. Uh, I mean, uh, Jackson Brown, I really enjoyed. Uh, and, uh, but a, a lot of these, uh, these older acts that are coming through are really, really sounding good. And, uh, Elvis Costello was, was no exception to that. And it was one of those things where I had, a CD back in college, uh, like, you know, a single Elvis Costello CD. I had to look it up after the show. Cause I couldn't even remember the name Elvis of it. Costello and the attractions and the attractions. It, it was, uh, yeah. And, but, uh, get happy was the album. And, oh, 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 oh. and it was, it, you know, it's something that was just in my regular rotation. It's like, you know, back when you actually had to go through the physical motion of loading something into, um, you know, a CD player impressing play, you know, I think in college you, we had, you had like a five disc player if you were, if we, we were really doing well. And like, that was consistently one of the, the top, my top five CDs that I would, that I would listen to. And, uh, so then to be able to see him, you know, 30 years later and for him, uh, to look and, and, and sound, uh, fantastic and be able to shoot, uh, the the show as as well was uh was really was really super fun um and then on the opposite end of the spectrum is mm. is uh is one of my favorite nights of summer which is the Andy Frasco show and Andy Frasco in the UN somebody that you don't know but uh 
I've probably have talked about every year around this time. He, he, you know, he's a traveling musician or touring musician on the road, probably like 300 dates a year for the past 12 or 13 years now. Um, and started playing at the Starbird about six years ago, if uh, memory serves. And at that time, he was, you know, he had been in that 10 year rut of just like cranking out on the road, you know, in the van. It's it's grueling work, uh, I you know, imagine. I mean, it's it's for a love, but and it's and it's fun. But at the end of the day, it it, it is work, um, you know, and you neglect so many things, family, settling down, all of this. But what what's most interesting, I think, is that in the last couple years, he's gotten on sort of the jam band uh, touring circuit. So playing more festivals, he's been exposed to a bigger fan base that's been very welcoming to him. And he's had some much, much bigger uh, gigs. He's then also kind of focused on his music a little bit more and he's refined it and done some more like uh, album and radio friendly, uh, friendly stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so the sort of see the transformation over the last six years of him, uh, you know, kind of seeing all the work that he's put in come to fruition and being able to play these much bigger venues, uh, for him to still come by and play the starboard, which is, you know, a tiny room, uh, and he's very energetic, you know, very talented and the room can literally barely hold him. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, to, to see him in that sort of environment is just, it's just one of my, my favorite, uh, like I said, one of my favorite uh, shows, events of of the summer. And so I was pretty excited to uh, to share that as always. And that's one of the great things, you know, we always talk about like, uh, you know, being down here at, at the beach and, uh, you know, Freeman Stage is a much larger venue. The Starbird is a much smaller venue. But over the years, it, it they both... Uh, you know, the area has become more of a area where you can have some of those, uh, so great nice acts mixes. coming through. Yeah. yeah. Is, I'm, um, I'm sorry. I, is the rusty rudder even still open? Is that a place? anymore? <laughs> it is a place it's, you know, it, it has been doing the same thing it's been doing for, uh, the better they part always of got big acts, right? Didn't yeah. they always get big well, acts? So the, so there's the rudder and then there's the bottle and cork and the bottle and cork, uh, is, only open during the summer um, and they will have some, some big acts come through. Uh, they've definitely leaned into more of the popular stuff with the, the country music, which is fine for people who oh, like, but that's why it hasn't been mentioned. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why I haven't mentioned it because that's not, uh, that's I have not something really to say my... about country music and I don't know if I'm going to get to write the, uh, to, I forget which way my hair goes. And, Hold on for just a moment. So okay. my hair needs a cut and I keep not cutting it. And so now I have a hairband. Oh, nice. I, look at this. It's 1986 again. Yeah. You what look kind of look like, huh? you kind of look like lover boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, over the last few days have been obsessing over the song. I've got friends in low places by okay. Brooks. Uh-huh. And it drives me crazy. The song has always kind of driven me crazy. 
because it's a Tom Waits song. And nobody seems to know that. I'm sorry, Tom Waits didn't write it. Okay. But it's a song about sadness and awfulness and tragedy. Right. And no one, like, and everybody's clapping along. They're like, yeah, I'm your friend in a little place. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is a guy who got blind drunk and showed up at an ex-girlfriend's wedding. And yeah. he's making it like, you guys just don't appreciate me. No, no, no. We appreciate you. We would appreciate if you went home and didn't come to our fucking wedding. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it's like that. It's not. People think it's a working class hero song. People think it's a Billy Joel song. Right. But it's a Tom Waits song. Right. That's what I want to say about Friends in Low Places a full 30 years after the goddamn thing came out. Yeah. Because I, I think it came out in the either in the late 80s or early 90s it's an older it's an old song but you know the song i'm yeah. talking about. oh sure and as much as i say that i'm not a country fan i'm pretty sure friends in low places played at our wedding oh it, uh, it had to it was, i played it a thousand times when i was a wedding dj i know yeah. all the words would you like to hear them and that's what <laughs> and that's the thing and everybody they, knows all the words and they play over and over in my head and it just it like bothers me it's like no so the song it, it's it's high I was poorly raised. Yeah. And I'm wearing boots where everyone else is wearing shoes. Like I'm poorly right. raised. I don't know how to dress. I showed to up drunk in. to someplace I wasn't invited. Let's celebrate me. Right. And the song is perfect. Yeah. If it's a Tom Waits song. Right. But it's sad if it's a Billy Joel song. Yeah. And that's the that's the kind of you know, nobody thinks the piano man is all about happy people, right. but Billy Joel does have like this. I'm a working class guy and, you yeah. know, or Bruce Springsteen song, maybe better to put it that way. People think right. it's a Bruce Springsteen song, but it's a Tom Waits song. I mean, no, I think a, even Garth Brooks thinks it's a Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> well, at, at this point, it, it's a sing along that's like, yeah, it's OK to get drunk. And these are my drunk friends. And, you know, and I'm for all of that. I think the I think the I think the celebrating the denial rather than pitying the denial is where is where well I'm sorry that and also being country is kind of where the song loses me. Okay, um, well I, I I have one for you. Okay. A song that's been bothering me for years and that's uh who's it? Uh Escape by who's that Rupert Murdoch or something? Not um the Pina Colada song. The Pina Colada song. Yes. About which the worst, is written about the by the worst people in the world for the worst people in the world. Right, right. Hey, so we're both thinking about cheating. Uh isn't this hilarious that we're trying to cheat, but also with ourselves? Let's you know, let's just uh let's just have a drink and and have a chuckle over this. And and what's 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 frustrating about that song is they could have had the conversation like, how long are you together where you're like, hey, I'm I've never been so bored with my wife that I haven't said, hey, let's try to do this kooky thing. Like, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, let's I don't know, let's let's go skateboarding. No. Right. Right. And she'll say and she'll say, no, I mean, I would never say that. But let's pretend I said, let's go skateboarding. She said fun. no. But then she would never say, I wish I knew someone who liked to skateboard. Because I mentioned that I like skateboarding. <laughs> right, right. How not talking to your wife are you? <laughs> what what poor communication. <laughs> like, 
that she doesn't like, know you like, like champagne. Like, or, or, bring or home that, a, or, the first thing you do when your marriage is failing is bring home a fucking bottle of champagne. <laughs> how did you not get to step one before you started looking through the personal ads? Or, or how many times have you been, you know, caught in the rain yeah. and like just said nothing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, not like held so hands and skipped and laughed, but like, oh, this is miserable. I hate you. Let's get in the car. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's know. Something. Yeah. I don't think they solved their problem in escape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just real quick, I had all sorts of mean things to say, but I'm going to limit it to Sweet Lou Taylor um, because we are out of time. Um, And you'll see this on the news tonight, probably, or um, someplace. But Stephen, um, Worcester County either licensed or didn't license a bunch of Disney logos to put on their thing for the year. Um, and there's no, there's no solution. There's no good answer to that. Yeah. Because if you paid money to license mouse ears in a poor County, just so you could have t-shirts that, that anyone would like, you're talking about like, who, who cares about Mickey mouse? Well, the K K through six, let's say cares about Mickey mouse, right? right? They're already wearing Mickey mouse shit all day for free. Right. To advertise more Mickey Mouse, to pay for the county to pay to advertise more Mickey Mouse stuff is despicable. Yeah. For the county to not pay and just steal the Mickey Mouse stuff is also despicable. Right. What's what's the likelihood of which which way do you think it goes? I don't know. It's so stupid that I can't imagine... And that's and that's what's baffling. I can't imagine that they're stupid enough to infringe on Disney. Yeah. And I can't that's imagine that they're stupid enough to pay to to pay for Disney logos for the and I mean unless Disney has a hey use our logo policy for schools. Yeah. Which That's the only that's the only plausible explanation that I can think of cuz Disney is very well known they as take being that like shit seriously taking that shit very seriously and like basically creating, you know, uh, you know, copyright just to protect themselves and yeah. only protect themselves. Yeah. And I, I mean, I recall like it was a popular thing, I think in the 1980s where if you didn't like a business and you saw that they were using Mickey mouse or Donald duck, like they would like, Individual preschools got, you know, cease and desist notices from from Disney Um, or maybe maybe they've just taken the brewer approach where they're going to use it once and stop using it the moment they get their cease and desist orders. But like they printed T-shirts. They have. Wow. They have a bunch of Disney stuff that they're using. And. I don't know. Maybe. So so is the is the rollout that we're going to read about in the news that. that they're rolling it out, that they're talking about it, or is there any controversy over it yet? Oh, there's only, con- I mean, I'm the only one who cares enough to, yeah. <laughs> who else, seriously, who else <laughs> on this peninsula sees a school use Disney in their promotion and says, oh, they either stole that or paid for it. And both instances are bad. No one says that. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> one, no one gives a fuck for me. <laughs> that, that, that checks out. About Disney. Right. And like, I, I'm not going to bat for Disney. I'm not going to tell them. I hope they stole it from Disney. But I yeah. mean, you know, for pe- for people who are teachers, it's really hard to 
say, okay, now we're going to talk about intellectual property and not plagiarizing. Yeah. Open up your open up your knockoff <laughs> Disney notebooks. <laughs> yeah. And write, I will never steal from the House of Mouse 1,000 times. Oh, man. So. I've heard that there's a bust of, of BLT uh, right in fr- right as you walk in the Board of Education. Like oh, a bust with, with a uh, with a spotlight on it. Oh, I hope that's true. <laughs> I've been from a pretty reliable source. I that, hope that's I, true because there's a man who thinks he's in a Billy Joel song, but is in a Tom Waits song. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, well, at least we have a title. I'm, I'm going to actually be able to write about something this, this week for, for the big show. Yeah. We are up against it, though, so let's knock it off. Um, and I got not actually, I got plenty of stuff. If, uh, if anybody wants to follow me on social media, I still go on. Oh, I'm sorry. I see that your wife is in the background mm-hmm. and I wanted to say, um, from everyone on Twitter, happy birthday, Natalie. I'm sorry that they spelled your name wrong. Um, happy birthday. Natalie is trending on Twitter. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Natalie is trending on Twitter. Oh, all right. We'll check that out. <laughs> so tell her happy birthday from me and the folks at Twitter. <laughs> And uh, I got nothing else. Anyway, how about you? Uh, Escape was written by Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. But I got nothing. All right. Well, until next time, remember at the beach. Uh, It's happy hour whenever you say it is. Cheers. Cheers.